you know, a lot of people will say their mission of their company is what they do. But for me, it's way more powerful as a mission, the answer to why does my company exist? And where both of those would come from, both your calling and your mission, would be what is it that profoundly touches your heart? What is it that really that you love? What is it that lights you up? What is it that that inspires you fully? Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou, and boy, we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest was one of the leading transformational leaders in the world for one of the leading, if not the leading, transformational company of our time. He is someone who cares very deeply about making a difference in the planet, and he's got some big things to share with you today. I'm speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Richard Kahn, and welcome to the show, Richard. Hello, Nikki. How are you? Nice introduction. Thank you. (laughs) My pleasure, man. My pleasure. Good to have you here. Good to have you here. You know, we have some friends in common, including the great Avi Nakash, and you and I share a, uh, a similar background in transformation, and we want to make a difference for human beings. And this show has been created to help people who are entrepreneurs, who are in business, who care very deeply about growing their businesses, about spreading their mission in the world and living life as the best version of themselves. The reason they listen to the show is they want to learn from you. But before they can truly open their hearts to you, they need to get to know you. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great? Richard Condon. <laughs> okay, well, I'll have you. I'll have you uh, uh, be the judge of whether I'm great or not. But uh, I started in transformation in 1974, where I did uh, one of the most powerful courses I think was ever invented, called the S training. I did it in New York, and started working for the founder of that, Werner Erhard, many years ago. And uh, then in 1990, became a landmark form leader and uh, did that for the next 22 years and led all over the world to probably over 250,000 people worldwide. And then in uh, 2011, 12, I left and started working with companies in a simple way of saying it is companies living true to their mission. And I've been doing that for the last four or five years with partners, developing distinctions that really impact companies in their impact in the world. And included with all of that, I did a lot of work in Peru with indigenous tribes and plant medicine uh, work down in Peru for the last three years. So there's a wide and varied group of distinctions that I bring to our work. 
So, Richard, did you say that you led transformational programs to over 250,000 people? Did I hear that right? You did. That's insane, brother. That's insane. (laughs) It's 30 years of my life, so yes. But the answer is yes. So what attracted you to live this life, brother? Well, I think when I first did the S training back in 1974, and I was 26 years old at the time, I think my math is correct, I was always interested in, I wouldn't have said it that way, but always interested in making a difference. Hmm. And when I did that program, it was a revolutionary program and probably the most powerful transformative program I've ever done and maybe even that's ever existed. Hmm. And the person who was leading it was just this incredible, intelligent, loving human being who was making a difference with 250, 250 people in a weekend. And I thought that would be an amazing way to live one's life is to make that kind of impact with people and the kind of impact that lasts for the rest of your life. So that's how that, that spark began. And, and you, you got to work with Werner. I mean, I what did. was that like? What was he like? He's hard to put into words, but he's an incredible thinker. And I would say, if I would put him, put it into one category, he's probably the most sourceful person I've ever met. And sourceful meaning always looking from and working from what's at the source of something. Hmm. So never working from what's going to fix or change something, but always working from what's at the source of something. And given what this work was about, it was what is at the source of what it means to be a human being. What does it actually mean to be a human being? You know, the kind of thinking he does and the kind of rigor he brings to the work he does and the kind of integrity is extraordinary. One of the most extraordinary people I've ever worked with. No kidding, man. I mean, Werner Erhardt is a legend. I mean, what he's created for humanity is is unbelievable. You know, I, I saw that documentary that Robin Simon made uh, uh, about his life. What was it? The Business of Transformation? Is that what it was called? Um, I'm not sure. I think so. Something like that. I, I have it on 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 DVD somewhere here. I got to watch it again. But it blew me away. You know, yeah. listening uh, to that man in his heyday when he was much younger uh, yeah. say what he said and do what he did. And I thought, wow, that's cool. Can I be well, like he, that someday? He, <laughs> you know, that's what went through my head. He actually brought transformation, the word transformation, into our lexicon, you know, way back in the 70s. And now it's, you know, you hear it spoken all the time. But back then, it wasn't spoken. He, He literally brought that into our language, our cultural language. Yeah, he's, uh, he's one of the greatest men that ever lived as far as I'm concerned. You know, flawed like every human being, but one who really fully um, lived his gifts. And, and, and I, I yep. tell you, it's pretty sure, cool indeed. to be speaking to you as a man who, who knew him and worked with him. I'd love to interview him. I don't know if he still does interviews. He probably doesn't. But man, if I could get that man and 
and pick his brain for half an hour, it would be phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, I'll bet. So, you know, let's have that conversation because I'm I'm very interested in speaking with you. One of the reasons I want to speak to you is because, you know, your, your reputation precedes you. You're a man who's lived this work, the work of transformation. You've delivered it for so many people and you've kept it alive within yourself. And I want to ask yep. you, what is at the source of being human? <laughs> I think you I think you're going to have to ask a little bit different question what's at the source of being human. I mean you could you could answer it like what is the essence of being human or what how a human being is designed or or Okay, let's go with that. What's at the essence of being human? Well, I would say purely on a spiritual level, the essence of a human being is love. Period. Hmm. No ifs ands or buts. That's the essence of who we are as a human being from the divine. You know, we are made from the divine and that's our fundamental essence is love, period. Now, then you would say, how come, how come it doesn't get expressed like that? How come our essence doesn't get expressed like that in the world and that's a lot of what our work is about, is what is in the way of that being expressed in the world, given that's our essence. And that was a lot of what the, what the work that we did in Landmark was about, is, is deconstructing how a human being puts himself or herself together and really examining the design we are as a human being and what we're designed for that then in that process leads to transformation. So there's a many different ways I could ask, answer that question. So it might be better to ask something a little bit more specific. Okay. Well, you know, I'm 53 years old. I'm in a stage in my life where I really want to learn and grow at an accelerated rate. Yeah. That's where I'm at. And I'm doing yeah. a lot of different things to learn and grow at an accelerated rate. Yeah. And when someone asks me, why do you want to do that? I don't even know that I, that I have an answer that actually makes sense. I just feel like I'm compelled to. Yeah. So when I get to speak to you today, who's been in the inquiry of yeah. what it is to be human. Yeah. I want to know your thoughts on that because I'm going to listen to that for myself and go, how's that apply to me? And how, how do I know myself better? Well, here's where I would begin, Nikki. I would begin, and I'm going to, I'm going to share something first before I answer your question. So, Okay, cool. My father passed around four years ago, and my father was, was a pretty extraordinary man. And did a lot of work in what we then called the human potential movement. So he did, you know, S training and rebirthing and Esalen and, you know, tons and tons of stuff. And he did that for his entire life. And when he was around 80, late 80s, his health started to decline. He lived in Paris at the time, and and every time I saw him, I could see visibly that his health has declined. So I was never sure whether this was going to be the last time I would see him. So I made it a point to spend as much time as I could in those last years. And 
so he and I would have some very deep and profound conversations about dying because at that point he knew he was dying. You know, there's, there's, you and I could say, yeah, we know, we know we're going to die, but there's a big difference between knowing you're going to die and knowing you're dying. Mm -hmm. Big difference. Yeah. So we would have conversations and one of the things that shocked slash surprised me was he said he was afraid of dying, terrified of dying, which I found very interesting given all the work he had done, specifically the work of we're not our body, we're not our mind, we're not our, our identity, we're consciousness. He'd done a lot of work on, in that arena, but was still at the end of his life afraid. And so we had a lot of conversations about that. And two things he said really impacted me. One of them was that he really didn't fulfill what he was on planet Earth for. He could say he didn't fulfill it. Now, you know, how old are you now? You said 52? 53. 53. So when you're 53, you say, I got time. And, you know, given life expectancy, we do. 63, less time. 73. 83, you start confronting something where you don't have any more time to do what you came to planet Earth for. There's a, there's a time for which you just don't have any more time where you have to then contextualize your entire life. So that was the first thing is, is that he didn't fulfill what he, was, what he was here for. And the second thing was he, he couldn't say that he fully embodied what he'd been studying his whole life. Hmm. He wasn't a full embodiment of that. If he was, he wouldn't have had that, that fear. Now, in that conversation we had, and we had many of them, and luckily I taped some, but a lot of that fear dissipated, but there was still in that last part of his life, he was still not at peace with his transition. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, what if you could start from that place? What if you could start from at the end of your life, Nikki, and imagine you're at the end of your life, and the question is, what did your life fulfill? Now, I'm saying that specifically. I'm not saying what did you accomplish in your life. So if you look at the history of human beings and the amount of accomplishment that human beings have made in, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, it's, it, it's mind-blowing. So I'm not saying what did you accomplish. I'm saying what did you fulfill? What did your life fulfill? And that would be the beginning question of it's both bookends of why you're on planet earth. Because if I can answer that question, what did my life fulfill? It will tell me what I'm here on planet earth for. So if I was to ask you, what did, what did your life fulfill? Where would you even begin to answer that question? 
Hmm. That's a really good question. I got to tell you. And I'd begin by saying that I fathered two children, two sons, and I brought good. life into the world. Good. So that's a part of what my life fulfilled. Yeah, I would say if if you slow that down for a moment. Yeah. So I would say that's more in the realm of what you've accomplished. Being a father is is an accomplishment, but it's not. It doesn't answer the question. What did you fulfill? Hmm. Interesting. So that's an accomplishment rather than fulfilling something. If you were to say it was a fulfillment, a fulfillment of what? A fulfillment of I mean, continuing a, of, of helping continue life. You know. Okay. Now I don't know that that's what your that's what you'd say your life was was here to fulfill. That would be an aspect of your life. It would be an but aspect of my life. If I said at the end of your life, what did your life fulfill? Your children would be an aspect of it, but not what your life fulfilled. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. I really don't. Yeah, that yes, and that's that's that for me is 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 probably the most important question somebody could answer. Why are you on planet Earth? What are you here for? What is your life here to fulfill? Now, if you, if you, for me, this is just for me, Nikki. So if somebody can't answer that question, then I don't know what they're doing. Then they're doing something that they're not the source of. They're doing something that either society is demanding or their parents are demanding or their peers are demanding or the marketplace is demanding or they're doing something other than them being at the source of what they're doing. So that for me is the, is the most critical question to answer if I'm going to live a fulfilled life. If I'm going to live a fulfilled life, I would have to have clarity on what am I fulfilling? So that's, Nikki, that's, there, there's two aspects of that. On a personal level, what is my life fulfilling is what we're naming your calling. And your calling is a, a simple way of saying that what you're saying is the most important thing in your life. A theologian called Paul Tillich calls it the ultimate concern, the infinite concern. It's the concern, the highest concern you have for life. What is my highest concern for life? And concern, I don't mean worry. I mean something I'm really paying attention to. So the work we do, I do, is first and foremost, we work with people on what is your calling in life? What are you here to fulfill? If we're working with a company, you could say their company's calling is their mission. What is the mission of their company? And, you know, a lot of people will say their mission of their company is what they do. But for me, it's way more powerful as a mission, the answer to why does my company exist? And where both of those would come from, both your calling and your mission, would be what is it that profoundly touches your heart? 
what is it that really that you love? What is it that lights you up? What is it that that inspires you fully? What am I going to organize my life around such that the end of my life, I can say I've fulfilled what I'm here for. And that takes real thought. That, that takes real thinking. I don't mean just having thoughts. It takes real critical thinking to, to both examine and articulate what am I here for? What is, the, what is my calling in life? And if I'm in business, what is my mission in life? What's my company's mission? So those two things are fundamental building blocks on the work that I do and we do with my company, Mission B. So, Nikki, that's the kind of work, you know, for you to answer that question, what, what am I here for? What is my life organized around? I would have to say for you, Nikki, just given what I know about you and even the name of your podcast is you're here to make a difference. Yeah, I'm definitely here to make a difference. Let me, let me, let me, let me add something to that. And I'd like you to just expand on this a bit because Bertrand Russell said the hardest thing for a human being to do is think. So when yes. you said something takes deep thought, I kind of like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, This is a level of thinking that, uh, frankly, most people don't do. And I've done probably at a superficial to slightly, maybe one one layer deeper than superficial level. Yeah. You know, so I'd really love for you to take a couple minutes to just expand on this, okay? All right, good. Well, first of all, I like what Bertrand Russell said, because most people, there's a difference between having thoughts and thinking. And, you know, I mentioned Werner earlier. He's, he, he is an incredible thinker. And there's a big difference between having thoughts and thinking. So, Nikki, if I was, if I was, we are, I'm going to, if I'm working with you on what is your life? What are you going to organize your life around? What are you going to, what we call live true to? So there's different ways we talk about it. Living true is one way. Living in a line life is another way. If I had a whiteboard, I would say, what is required for alignment? Fundamentally, like in physics, what's required for alignment? You need two points. If you had a whiteboard with just one point on it, you, there's nothing to align it with. There's no alignment. It's multi-directional. So for alignment to happen, I need two points. So in terms of a life, we have this point we're at now, and we have the end of our life. Yep. Those are the two points. That's why we have a life, because we have a beginning and an end. We have two points. That's why we have a real life. And then the question is, what am I going to align my life with? Here I am. Here's the point I am in the present time. And the end of my life is the second point. That creates the possibility of alignment, those two points. Here I am now. Here's the end of my life. So... What is it that I'm going to align my life to? What is it that I'm going to live true to? And the question would be, Nikki, where would I begin to think about 
that? Where would I begin to explore that? Where would I begin to examine that? Well, if I want to align my life to something, I want to align my life to something that's worthy of my life. I want to align my life with something that gives me joy, that gives me power, that gives me inspiration, that gives me fulfillment. I would want to align my life with something that gives me the experience of my life mattered, of my life made a difference, of my life contributed. Amen. Wouldn't Amen. you? 100%. Yes. 100%. 100%. So, yeah. So one of the places we begin, and it's funny, I'm actually going to do this work with you. I think it's great, is, is where would I look for that? Where would I look for what is it that I get lit up by? What is it that I get inspired by? What is it that I get that I get fulfilled by? Where would I actually look if you were to explore that question? Where would you actually look? Where I'm spending my time, attention. Okay, good. Very good. And I would, I would expand that. I would say you would look into your real life. Yeah. You would look into your real life. And if you look back into your real life, there will be these moments in your life that stood out. There are seminal moments in your life that stood out and why they stood out. I'm not talking about tragic moments. I'm talking about other kind of moments. Why they stood out is because they were in those kind of moments, you were completely fulfilled. You were lit up. You were inspired so much. So if that was the end of your life, if that moment was the end of your life, you would be fulfilled. Yeah. If, if that moment was the, was the culmination, yes? Yep. So if you look back in your life, you will see those, there are moments in your life that stand out for you because they have that quality to them. So if you were just to capture one of those moments, what would one of those moments be? Well, I got uh, separated um, in about a little over 11 and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. And I started to get involved in men's work. Yep. And I got involved with a group. And this group said, you know, we want to grow our group. And the way we grow our group is we have other men do this program down in you know, Newburgh, New York called the Sterling Men's Weekend. And we need to send some men down there. So yeah, I was hurting and I was seeing this group was making a difference for me. Yeah, yeah. So I just started to have conversations with a whole bunch of men. And I was really yeah. effective in enrolling them to come out. Like by far the most effective person in our little band of men. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you follow sports, but, you know, uh, Wayne Gretzky at the height of his career scored so many more points than everybody else. <laughs> You know, yeah. and that was kind of like me. I was the Gretzky of enrollment yeah. <laughs> back yeah. then. And the moment I had a conversation with a man and he was, he was seeing that it was possible for him to get out of his hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 if life had ended at that moment, I would have been totally good. All right. Good. Yeah. So if you look at, and I'm going to, I'm going to work with you on, on phrasing it. There's something in, in your intention 
in having those conversations with people that you wanted them to see something they hadn't seen before. You wanted them to see something possible that they haven't seen before. Yeah, I did. Yes, yes. Totally. Now, it just happened to be in a framework of what is it to be a man and what is it to get out of the suffering of, of relationships, et cetera. But the, the bigger intention for you was you wanted, to, you wanted them to see something possible. Yeah. Yes? I did. I really did. Yes. You really did. And you really do. That's why you're having this podcast. Because you want people to see something possible. And maybe even I want, to, I want people to see something possible that touches their life, that shapes their life, that, that shifts their life. I want them to see something possible that shifts their life. Now, how we would phrase that, Nikki, in a calling is, my calling is people see something possible that shifts their life. People see something possible that shifts their life. Yeah. Yes. That's your calling. And if you look back on your life, You've been doing that your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I have. Yes. Now, there's something extraordinarily powerful when you articulate it. When you say, this is what I'm saying is the most important thing in my life. The most important thing in my life is people see something possible that shifts their life. That's what you want your kids to see, don't you? I do. You do? I do, 100%. Yes, yes. Now, is that something worthy of aligning your life to? Yeah, it I is. I bet it is. And if you live true to that, if you were living true to that, and you knew you were living true to that, because it was articulated, and you had articulated it, and you're living true to it, at the end of your life, can you say you fulfilled that? I would say yes. You, you would absolutely say yes. Now, you couldn't say yes if you didn't know what you were fulfilling or if what you were fulfilling wasn't the thing that fulfilled you or what you were fulfilling wasn't the most important thing in your life. You couldn't say that. But if you are living true to... People are seeing something possible that shifts their life. And you knew you were living true to that. Would you be worried about at the end of your life having not fulfilled that? No, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. And that shifts the way in which we live life. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean... I'm quieter on this particular episode than I usually am on any podcast because I'm thinking about what yes. you're saying. I'm not just yes. answering automatically. Yes. This is and, really and Nikki, cool stuff, you know, man. It, and, and, and you might even, you know, tweak it around a little bit, like, you know, shift their life in an inspiring way. But, you know, it really is. You're, that what your life is about is people seeing something new, see people seeing something possible that shift their life in a powerful and inspiring way. And that is something that you can align your life with and live true to this moment, this moment. 
and then this moment, and then this moment, and, that, that, and then this moment. And then the real work, the real work then is what does it take to live true? That's the real work. When our entire environment, our society is doing everything it can to have you not do that. Amen, brother. <laughs> How do you do that? Yes. How do you do that? And that's where you, you know, one of the things you were doing with Sterling and, you know, you have to do that in what we call a network of contribution. You have to have a, a, a network of people who are, you cannot do that alone. I would even question, you know, can you really think by yourself? I don't think so. You know what Bertrand Russell said, I think that, I think that kind of thinking has to be done in a, in a community. You know, that's music to my ears because we have created a community of thought leaders uh, we have the the broader community inside this podcast, and then we have programs where we have an inner circle of thought leaders and thinkers. Yes, and yeah. we encourage them to take on the work of thinking. Yes, yes, and what is it? What is it to really think? What is it? You know, that's philosophy. So the work that we do, Nikki, is, is what we call on, ontological work. It's the study, ontology is the study of the nature of being. And that's another answer to who are we as an essence. We're being. We're I am. And in its simplest way, I am. Yeah, this is uh, this is deep stuff, man. This is really good stuff, but it's deep stuff. I mean, yes, it is. This conversation, I have thought more deeply and and worked harder on focusing my thinking than I have on any other interview I've ever done, and I've done about two hundred and seventy of these things. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it is. Yes, and Nikki, you know that the it's to your not credit, that's not the right word, but just who you are is instead of answering the question is let's, let's actually do it. Let's actually explore what is your calling in life? At least what is a, a beginning possibility of it? Because for me, Nikki, it really is important for me that human beings are fulfilling something. They're not just doing something. They're actually fulfilling something and they're fulfilling something that touches their heart and they know it and they're, and they have integrity with it and they have commitment with it and they're living true to it. It's not just lip service. That for me is the beginning of how you alter the, the, the world we're in, the, the, the society we're in, the, the, the humanity we are. There's people actually doing the thinking of, why am I on planet Earth? How come I came here? What am I doing here? And it's, it's a, you know, it's for me the, the most inspiring, exciting conversations to have. What, 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 more, what more exciting conversations could you have other than why am I here and how do I fulfill it? Now, there's a whole other body of work we have with how do I then live true to that? How do I live true to that? So oh, I really fantastic acknowledge you. Question. 
<laughs> Another yeah, fantastic I really question. But I really acknowledge you for, you know, your, you know, that you, that, that you're doing that work that, that you start to see. Yes. This is what I'm saying is the most important thing in my life, that people see something, that they see something they haven't seen before, that they see something they haven't seen before that touches them and touches them in a way that reshapes their behavior in life, reshapes their trajectory in life, reshapes their, what they're up to in life. And that will also impact other people. Yeah, well, there's a few things right now that okay. I think are are important. So one is podcasting is exploding. There are more podcasts now uh, than ever before. And mm-hmm. the number of podcasts at the end of 2020 was a million worldwide. And by the end of mm-hmm. 2021, it's estimated it'll be 1.8 million. Mm-hmm. You think about it, in a single year, 80% of all the existing podcasts will be rebirthed into the world. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. In one year, and podcasts have been around for 20 plus years. Number of people yeah. listening to podcasts has gone up. The amount of time they spend listening to podcasts has gone up. And yeah. there's a lot of entrepreneurs right now that are looking for ways to you know, survive and thrive and drive in these times, right? And Podcasting is a really great way for them to do that. Now, it doesn't mean they need to start their own podcast. I mean, they could if they wanted to. A lot of people are. But if that's not something that touches them and inspires them or they're scared of it, they can go be a guest on other people's podcasts. And what's lovely about that is those people have to do all the work of creating it (laughs) and putting it out there and building an audience. All you have to do is be an expert with something valuable and relevant to say that that audience will value and yeah. podcast hosts need guests. I mean, that's a fact, yes. right? So yes. I'm I'm seeing, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs right now that don't see this. And in listening to you talk about having people see something, I really want people who are, you know, solopreneur, small business entrepreneurs with like, you know, one, two, three, four, five people. Yeah. I want them especially to see they need to jump all over this. You know what I mean? Like to me, like if I could get a hundred thousand entrepreneurs to to like go, oh wow, okay, I can take advantage of this and I don't need to start my own podcast, that would be a fantastic thing. That would be a fantastic thing. If I could get ten thousand to do it, it'd be an amazing thing. If I get a thousand, be amazing. Like, you know, and from a point of view of my business, you know, my business would grow tremendously just by offering that as a workshop. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm excited about that. The other thing I'm excited about is I believe we live in a time where men and masculinity are frankly not as valued as they ought to be. Yeah. So what's important to me is I see a lot of men are lost right now. The messages from the culture are you're toxic, you're bad, you're wrong. And, and, And yeah, I'm not standing for that. I'm standing for a world where men are valued, women are valued, boys are valued, girls are valued. Because right now that's clearly not the case. And I I want a lot of men, young men in particular, to see, hey, you're you're badass, you're a warrior, and we're going to help you find that aspect of yourself. We're going to help you live from your power, 
from from, yeah. your, from your badassery, as it were, yeah. and get you out there into the world doing things that great men have done throughout history, which is you know provide for your family, be count honorable, be reliable, have have a word that's solid, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. And so I'm really passionate about. There's another podcast I'm starting very soon. Start talking about these topics, and, I, and I'm actually starting a movement of men. Yep. And, and there's other men that are doing this yep. type of work, yep. and I support yep. them, and I want them to grow. But I'm telling you, if there if there were a hundred thousand men like those men and me doing this work, it still wouldn't be enough to reach all the men yep. that need it. So right. I think that's a cool thing. That's something I'm excited to give my life for. Yeah, these are a couple of things I'm excited and I, about. And I would also, Nikki, if you if you, for me, and I'm again, I'm just saying for me. One of the most important things for me as a man is having a mission. Amen. And having a mission that I've created, not a mission for which society has said, here's what a man should be. Because for me, there's no autonomy in that. There's no agency in that. So a really important part for me, and this is why we work on what is your calling? And you could say your calling is your originating intent of your life. If I'm working with a company, what is the originating intent of that company? It's its mission. So those two things are are so important to me because it's like you're doing a moonshot. And if the moonshot is a one degree off at launch, you're not going to hit the moon. No, you won't. Not even close. And not even close. So, again, it's that construct of alignment of what am I, what am I being a badass for? What am I, what am I being powerful for? What is my mission? And I can't see, I'm just speaking about men and masculinity, I can't see a man being powerful without being clear about what his mission is. Yeah. In our work, we call it purpose, but I think it's similar, yeah. Yes, they're very similar, yeah. They're very similar. I have a, you know, I, I did a lot of thinking on what's the difference between purpose and the mission. And for me, this is, again, I'm only speaking for me, but there was something about purpose that two aspects of it that I didn't like was that it had a little bit of an out there quality. You know, purpose is going to happen someday, a little bit like that. I know it's not technically accurate, but it was a little bit like an out there phenomenon. And the other thing for me is purpose was a little too weak. I want to be on a mission. I don't want to be on a purpose. I want to be on a mission. I don't want to just have a purpose. I want to be on a mission with that purpose. And the mission part of it is that kind of active every day. This is my mission. I'm on a mission. I could have a purpose and not do anything about it. But you can't do that with a mission. If you're on a mission, you're on a mission. So those are those are no, it's Nikki, good. just the it's good. Yeah, I like that. Good that distinction. Was, really great distinction. Yeah. Yes. And then then 
then you're talking about men having power and badassery to what? To their mission. Yeah, to fulfilling their mission. You bet. And, and for me, that's, that is the most critical thing is what am I fulfilling on? That and that, you know, I've had conversations with our friend Avi and, and, and uh, the really, really, really important and for me fundamental and necessary and critical aspect of living true, of living a powerful life, of living a fulfilled life is I've got to be clear about what my life is for or else it's going to be somebody else saying I fulfilled something or somebody else saying I was powerful or somebody else saying I was successful. No, I want to be that. I want that. I want the agency of that. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, Richard, this is really deep, deep stuff. I love it. If people want to find out more about this work that you're doing, how do they go about doing that? Uh, I think the best way, Nikki, is just our website, missionb.co, and everything in there that we've talked about is in that website. So it's missionb.co. And Nikki, I, I want to, if we're beginning to complete, I really do want to acknowledge you for, you know, you didn't just have an interview, you did work on it. And I really thank you and acknowledge you for the work you did on it because it's going to reshape your life. You know, that if you can really see that my calling is people see something possible that shifts their life and that's, you can align your life to that and everything you're doing in your thought, speech, and action. And this is about entrepreneurs also. Being uncompromising in living true to your company's mission. That's all you need. That's all you need is being uncompromising and really uncompromising, no compromise in living true to my company's mission, to my organization's mission. And if you're working from that principle, you'll discover what, what, it, what, what it takes to do that. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, we're going to make sure to put that and include that in the show notes. So listener, make sure you go to missionb.co. Check out this work. This is fantastic stuff. I'm going to engage in it more deeply going forward uh, because I, I think it's important. I think it's fantastic. And it's going to help me go out there and yeah. fulfill my mission in a bigger way. So thank you, Richard. So Great. Richard, we like to end off each and every single episode by asking you as our guest ah. expert, yeah. what are your top three, what we call expert action steps? These are your best pieces of advice for my listener to take on it, take their life, take their business to the next level. So what do you say? Well, I would say it's what we did on this call is, is find your mission. Take the time to find your mission. And your mission is, is what lights you up. What is your life about? What is it that lights you up? What is it that touches you? What is it that inspires you? What is your life going to fulfill? Find your mission. Second, live true to it. And that is be uncompromising in living true to it. And underneath all of it is integrity that you must have integrity to fulfill a mission. You must have integrity to fulfill your life. And integrity, it's simply said, is giving honor to your word. 
having your word matter. Those, so those three things. Find your mission, live true to it, have integrity. Find your mission, live true to it, have integrity. Awesome. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So listener, Richard Condon is the real deal. You need to go to his website, missionb.co, and you need to engage with his work. Period, full stop, end of story. It's going to be included in the show notes on the website. It's going to be included in the show notes on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find and listen to this podcast. So make sure you take advantage of that. And here's the other thing I want you to do. If this episode gave you value, okay, do me a favor and share it. The only payment we ask of you, because we don't charge for the episodes and we don't have any sponsors, is that if this made a difference for you, we've earned the right from you to say we did a good job, share it with somebody else that can make a difference for it. Go on iTunes, leave a review, leave a rating. That helps us fulfill our mission to get the word out and to grow this movement of entrepreneurs who love free enterprise and love thinking and thought leadership. So just please make sure you go ahead and do that. And if you want to take advantage of all the resources that we offer, go to ecircleacademy.com, download the free reports, download the free books. And if you're in a space in your life right now where the last few months of the year has not been going the way you wanted it to, you haven't achieved the goals you set for yourself, then go to that website and click on the button that says book a success call. That success call is your opportunity to create a plan and a blueprint to move forward at an extra six figures, quarter million dollars or more to your income in the next six months. You deserve to have this be your best year yet. And if it's not going that way, I'm offering you a strategy and a plan to help you have it go that way going forward. So make sure you take advantage of that. Richard Condon, my friend, thank you so much for gracing our humble show with your presence. It was awesome having you, you here. Bet, I had a lot of fun. Great. I love you, Nikki. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Love you back, bro. Yeah. And that wraps yeah. up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Richard Condon, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Check out the show notes or go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to our podcast. Go to the show notes over there and you can find out exactly how to engage with him and his incredible work. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.